Hey guys, uh, hopefully you guys are doing well. I think I was muted the whole time. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to another live stream. Remember, your life has purpose. And regardless of that, right, you're not here to source supply a narcissist all of your life. Okay? So I just wanted to reiterate that. <laughs> okay, so now you guys should hear me. Okay, so now we can get started with the slide presentation. Don't forget to check the description box below for the slides. I think I have two different slides for you guys, but don't forget to check those below if you want to follow along with me. Okay? <laughs> All right, let's go. Imaginary contracts and narcissistic relationships. All right. Types of contractual obligations. Okay. These contractual obligations are often something that narcissists make up as they go along. Okay. Especially in uh, narcissistic relationships. I don't even care if they have several, you know, uh, relationships. This can be at home, at work. See, narcissists, they often create these false narratives. Okay. So this is where the contractual obligations come in. Types of contractual obligations can be financial, emotional, spiritual, and this really consists of toxic ties. Okay. Such as drama, trauma, and soul ties. Okay. So a lot of us know about these types of dysfunctional or toxic ties with narcissists. And this has a lot to do with the obligations they usually have, uh, narcissists usually have unrealistic obligations or unrealistic expectations of other people. So when they create these uh, obligations or these, the terms of the contract, imaginary contract, very often we find out a little bit later that the narcissist even expected these things of us. Okay. Financial, it could be financial misuse. A lot of people know about narcissists who have actually influenced them or caused them to end up in debt. Okay. So this is a, um, this is a term of an imaginary contract because some people end up in a financial bind with the narcissist, even though the narcissist often has a stash somewhere, you know, they have their money of their own, but they often hide this from other people. Okay. So emotional, right? So when narcissists are involved with others, they are usually, they're not interested in the connection. They're interested in the control. Okay. So spiritual, this can be, uh, well, let me jump back to emotional. Emotional can be emotional misuse. A lot of people who have been involved with narcissists, they, um, you know, they come to know about this one very well. Unfortunately, this one starts during childhood. If they, if they have a narcissistic parent or, and or grandparents, right? So emotional or the terms of the contract consist of emotional bonds, right? Soul ties, trauma bonds. Okay. So uh, a lot of people end up feeling that they have lost emotionally in the narcissist relationship. Okay. So a uh, spiritual, right? There could be spiritual misuse as well as financial and emotional. Spiritual misuse can be when someone believes in something. It can be a religion 
right? If they believe in something and they may um, impose that on others, that is spiritual, a spiritual misuse, even though, yes, uh, it can be a religion. But again, I'm speaking of something that someone may believe in. They may be following a particular uh, religious doctrine. Okay, this is not good. It's not bad. It's just it's just what is. But sometimes when we're involved with narcissists, they may take their belief and they may impose it on others. And others may feel like they're being cornered to believe in something, right? That maybe they don't. They may not share their same religious beliefs, for instance. A narcissist may uh, bully someone, even emotionally bully or even blackmail them into what? Believing the same thing. Now, uh, the creator is something that I think most people on the planet um, believe in. Okay. Yeah. There's a higher power. There's the creator. Some people say God, you know, but sometimes a narcissist will impose that on others. Okay. So that could be a, a spiritual misuse, toxic ties, drama, trauma, soul ties, you know, spiritual. Okay. These things are all consisting of narcissists having imaginary contracts for people to fulfill. Okay. The terms of the contract. What are the terms of the contract? A lot of people don't know about it. Well, of course they're not going to know about it. Why? Because it's imaginary. The narcissist has created this and it often goes along with the false narratives that he or she creates for other people. Narcissists often have, for instance, false images, pardon me, false self, right? The false self can range from that of a martyr to a saint, to a person who deems themselves as a victim who cannot seem to catch a break. They're just a victim, no matter what the circumstances are. They're just, they're looking at themselves as a victim. So narcissists often have these false um, images. So what ties into that, which also ties into the contractual obligations are the imaginary, con not the imaginary card, pardon me, I'm getting all tongue-tied now. Narcissists, they often have, <clears throat> the they often create other people to look in a certain way, right? That they're not, that they're not, they're, they create this false narrative. Like you are this or that. Narcissists will create, not only only have false images, but they will often have the creation of an image of someone else. They may say that you are uh, a liar, but actually you're not a liar. So they will create these images of other people and then try to get other people to believe that false narrative. Okay. For instance, um, a couple of months ago, I was talking about how some narcissistic moms will create a false narrative of their daughters and try to get everybody else to believe it too. But that's part of the obligation that the narcissistic mom will hold the daughter for, right? They will, she will hold her to that. She is to, she is to fulfill that obligation. So not only does narcissistic mom create this false narrative for everybody else to believe, but she also expects her daughter to believe it as well. So that's a part of the contractual obligation that she holds her daughter to. And it's very unfair. 
So narcissists not only have a false narrative, but they have false images and they also project that onto other people. So they will say something about you that's not even true. They will create this, a false image of you, and they will try to get other people to believe it. Okay. And it's almost like they have this mission in life that they must believe these narratives. It's almost like it's something that they must believe. So they project that onto others. Okay. So that's part of the imaginary contract. Other people are to fulfill those terms, but the thing about it is a lot of people don't even know. And how could they? And this creates a lot of drama. And some people have ended up experiencing trauma behind this, especially if this is starting during their childhoods. Okay, so some people have experienced soul ties, right? Which can, I mean, soul ties can actually be something rooted in love. It could be something positive. But if it's involving a narcissist, it can go sour very quickly. It can start off pretty nice, okay, or nicely, but the honeymoon is often short-lived. So when narcissists start to create false images of others, it really correlates with the false images that they have of themselves, okay? So narcissists, they often create these imaginary contracts for other people, and other people, you know, they don't take too lightly. I know I wouldn't. You know, someone who expects me to fulfill A, B, and C. And first of all, I don't even know about it. Secondly, when I don't fulfill that, you know, I'm being mistreated. Okay. So just as an example, a lot of us have gone through this. I know I have. So when narcissists are creating these imaginary contracts, you know, people are expected to fulfill those obligations. And if they don't, sometimes they... Unfortunately, they are uh, mistreated to the point of they may end up in financial debt. They may end up emotionally misused and then experiencing the wounds and the scars behind that. Spiritually, they're misused because they are being goaded into, you know, believing or gaslit into believing something that perhaps doesn't even reflect reality. And there's nothing wrong with having beliefs, but when it's being imposed on others, this is a uh, spiritually, um, you know, just not, it's not balanced spiritually that that's misusing someone. Okay. So, um, I wanted to point these out because some people may be, uh, not very clear as to how they can be, uh, mistreated in a narcissist relationship and the wounds can go very deep. Okay, some people may not really understand and understand just how badly they were treated by a narcissist or how much the narcissist relationship really has affected him or her. They may not really, you know, they may not get the gist of it. This is how come some narcissists, they create damages or they cause damages. And it's years later before the other person who used to source supply him or her really gets just how da how damaging it really was to have a relationship with him or her. They may know about some of the basics, like, uh, you know, being mistreated by him or her, being called names, being uh, insulted, being disappointed by him or her. But when it really gets down to the root of it, they may not know just how deep 
the wounds are. Some people block things out. This is understandable. This is where the subconscious mind functions to protect a person. Some of those wounds may go very deep and it hurts a lot, right? Some people may say, well, you know, they don't understand how a person who has gone through narcissistic relationships, right? They may not understand and understand how much that person may still be hurting, maybe years after the fact. But, you know, I say that people really don't know what it's like unless they have experienced it. They really don't know what it's like to be in a relationship with a narcissist or some other cluster B personality types. But I, you know, I'd always say, that, or I have said repeatedly, that those who have a cluster B personality type doesn't necessarily mean that they are full-blown narcissists. And some of them do care about their relationships. Some of them are going to see somebody about it, right? Not to make it sound like there's something really, really, really wrong with them, okay? Now that's to each his own. Some people will have opinions and say, yeah, all of them are bad, right? <laughs> but like I said, to each, its own, you know, to hit, to each his own. Some people do see the writing on the wall. They do care about their relationships, so they do something about it. However, there are some other cluster personality types that don't care at all, and they're not thinking about how they may be affecting other people. They don't think about how they relate to others, and it might be problematic. Okay, but like I said, some people, when they have narcissist relationships, uh, they have run into this issue over and over that some of their family, loved ones, and friends just don't get it. They just don't understand. Okay. And uh, with a little bit of time and patience, perhaps they will with, uh, you know, maybe some interest in finding out more about it. There are some people who do care to know what it's like to, or how a person has been affected by having a narcissist relationship because they do care about the person. Right. But some people, they, they will just never get it. Okay, let's move on. <clears throat> Didn't mean to be so long-winded about that. Okay. And another thing too, sometimes when it comes to uh, contracts, there, there are some narcissists that tend to be see, about it. What I mean is they're, they're part of the bargain. They're part of the contract, right? They may tend to be messy about it. They may break promises, you know, make promises, but break promises. Okay. Uh, some narcissists, they don't fulfill their end of the bargain, but yet they'll turn around and they'll blame you. So they tend to be a little bit messy when it comes to uh, contracts or the terms of the contract, whether it's an emotional contract, spiritual contract, a uh, financial contract, what have you. Narcissists tend to expect everyone to fulfill their part of the contract, yet they will not fulfill their part of it. Narcissists tend to project onto others. They tend to um, perhaps, sometimes they will emotionally blackmail someone to carry more of the weight of the relationship or a contract, you know, so, you know, it tends to be one-sided. It tends to be unequally yoked, but narcissists tend to be, um, when it comes to their part of the contract, they tend to not fulfill that. Therefore, the way they conduct themselves when it comes to fulfilling their part of the contract or their bargain, their part of the bargain, right? They tend to be messy, right? And they, they expect everybody else to be dressed right dress. They expect everybody else to be perfect. They better not make any mistakes, right? They better not uh, slight. Narcissists 
are notorious for perceiving slights. The key word is perceive, right? It's not even reflective of reality, but yet they will look at themselves as a victim and swear up and down that you have slighted him or her, or you have offended him or her, you know, because you did not fulfill your obligation. Okay. The terms of the, of an imaginary contract at that, right? Terms of an imaginary contract, curse language, smear campaign, pulling telekinesis, bad luck energy, karmic loop, threats of harm, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde complex, false accusations and keeping secrets. All of these things are what happens in a narcissist relationship. So these are some of the terms of an imaginary contract. Okay. We don't know to read the fine print because we don't even know the contract exists. So curse language, right? Narcissists, they will use a curse language. It's not necessarily that they will use bad words or profanity in order to make someone or influence someone to feel badly. It's about sometimes the way they use words. Sometimes it's about the tone that they use. Sometimes it's the word salad. Sometimes it's them trying to trip you up with the words that you use, or they may use certain words like smear campaigning, right? They will uh, perhaps start rumors. They will try to deceive not only you, but other people by gaslighting everyone into believing their false narrative. The false narrative is that you are not a good person, for example, right? And the narcissist may try to recruit everyone, flying monkeys included, right? Those that they may recruit as flying monkeys, right? They may try to get everyone else to believe their false narrative, right? Not only getting you to go along with it, but they may recruit other people to go along with it. So that's where the smear campaigning and curse language are combined. And then there's pulling telekinesis, okay? They will try to alter or attempt to alter your sense of time and reality, and this goes right on along with the curse language and the smear campaign. Why? Because when they are telling that when they are creating a false narrative of you, for example, and then they try to recruit others to believe it, then they will alter your sense of time and your sense of reality because it becomes a parallel reality. How is that? Well, because they're experiencing the relationship one way. And you're experiencing the narcissist relationship another way. Okay. And of course, the narcissist is feeling like they are at the advantage and you're at the disadvantage where actually you are because they are creating such drama, right? It may bring about karma. So pulling, pulling a telekinesis. Okay. They are trying to recruit others, for instance to believe a false narrative that they have created about you, about themselves, because at the same time, this is where the sleight of hand comes in. The narcissist is trying to get others to believe that you're a bad person. And while on the other hand, they're trying to get other people to believe that they're a good person. So they're pulling a telekinesis. Okay. They're trying to alter a sense of time and reality. Everyone involved, they may have that, you know, like a twilight zone effect. Okay. It's so surreal. They can't believe it's happening, but it is. 
or something they thought was happening actually didn't happen. It's, it's, it's crazy making at its finest. Okay, so the curse language, the smear campaign, pulling telekinesis, bad luck energy. Some people may feel like they're in a nightmare that just doesn't end when it comes to the imaginary contract. Okay, the terms of the imaginary contract can be very diabolical. It can be just like it's bad luck. It's like I can't, you know, some people may have even said this, like I can't believe the narcissist did this or that. I can't believe they may be speaking of their narcissists or maybe several of them. And this is just not at home. This can be on the job as well. Okay. People who have experienced this may feel like they're in a nightmare that just they they can't seem to wake up from. So this is why I say the bad luck energy. They may feel like they have the worst luck because, you know, the narcissist is pulling shenanigans. The narcissist is doing all types of things. Narcissists tend to have a a bad luck energy about him or her. Okay. So some people may recall having great luck or experiencing more fortune in life before dealing with the narcissist. Now, if this is a family situation, the same applies. Okay. They may feel like uh, they are sharing karma with whether this is a family member or not. But if it's, if it's someone that they say, okay, this will, they may say that this person is a narcissist, right? But they may notice that they're experiencing more misfortune whenever they're around the person. They just seem, just things just seem to go haywire when they're around the person. But as soon as they're not around the person, their life tends to get better or things may seem to, to be better. Karmic loop ties into that. Okay, so karmic loop being that um, you may get the sense that you're paying debts that you didn't owe or that you don't owe. Again, the bad luck ties into that as well. Okay, so a person may start to feel like uh, being around a narcissist, right? Or being in a narcissist relationship, trying to fulfill, right? The obligation. They may feel like they're in a karmic loop. Things are repeating that are not good. If it's not one thing, it's another, the person may say. There's always drama with the narcissist. Okay, so that karmic loop can kind of feel like a person who is not only experiencing bad luck, but is happening over and over again, no matter how much good that they may do. No matter how much they try, they try to get out of the situation, they find themselves back in the situation. If the narcissist is concerned, see, if the narcissist is pulling shenanigans, the narcissist may say one thing, but it's actually another. And that person may end up in a situation like a third party, for instance, longer than they really want to. Perhaps children are involved. So the person may be involved with a narcissist you know, longer than they really want to because children are involved. That, again, the third-party situation. Third-party situation with a narcissist will often seem like you are in competition. That energy is going to be there. Bad luck energy. Narcissists perhaps seemingly not putting you on their priority list at all. Everybody else comes before you. These are just examples. Narcissists putting... Um, other people before you, they may not even have you on the priority list at all. 
And say, for instance, if you are co-parenting, you know, your, your parent with the narcissist, right? You may even, you may end up parenting not only the narcissist, but your children or your child, third-party situation, bad luck, karmic loop. See, all of that ties together. It just seems to be one bad thing after another, right? With the narcissist. So a person may be in an actual third-party situation. The narcissist may seem to favor the other lover or the other friend or the other business partner or the other family member or the other person, place, or thing. You're in constant competition with another person, place, or thing, or several of those people, places, or things. But the narcissist will place you in competition at every turn. Bad luck? Yeah. Karmic? Yep. See, all of that ties together. So when narcissists start to threat, you know, make threats, sometimes they make idle threats, sometimes they don't. This is why I say practice safety. You don't know. Sometimes narcissists can be predictable, but sometimes not. There's where the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde complex comes in. You never know what you're going to get. With the narcissist, they may be up one second and then the next they're down and they're projecting onto you, right? False accusations ties into that. They're falsely accusing you of cheating or lying. They tend to take on a, um, a cynical stance especially when it comes to other people, they are often very suspicious of others. They don't give it a chance. You know, narcissists often want to give, they often want you to give them the third, the fourth, the fifth, the 10th chance after they have pulled something, but they will turn right back around and look at you suspiciously. They will not trust you. They have their guard up all the time. Okay. Their guard is, is constantly up. They're falsely accusing you of doing things. Ironically, they have done. They're projecting onto you. Next thing you know, you feel guilty, ashamed. And then you really don't know why. You don't really know the origin of your guilt or shame. You know, from my experience, I can tell you, it's the narcissist's guilt. It's the narcissist's shame, and they're projecting it. Keeping secrets. You know, I've done a few videos about narcissists having dark secrets. The ultimate silent treatment is covert narcissism. I've said this in several of my videos. Okay, and I'm basing this off of personal experience as well as some of my research. Okay, so keeping secrets, especially dark ones, is a huge part of the terms of an imaginary contract in a narcissist relationship. They will often emotionally blackmail others into keeping secrets. Whose secrets? Yours? No, they'll expose yours. <laughs> they will expose your secrets. If, you, if, they, if a narcissist finds out that you have any secrets, they're gonna expose it. Why? For source supply, for control, for leverage. But you better not tell their secrets. <laughs> you see? This is the terms of an imaginary contract. You are obligated. A narcissist will say this. 
they perhaps will demonstrate this. Unrealistic expectations. They hold you responsible, right? You are obligated to fulfill, to fulfill that part of the contract, right? Keeping their secrets for all of your life and theirs. You see, that's, that's unrealistic. I don't know about you guys, but that's just, that's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. So all of these terms right here, they often correlate. This is just, this is just the, really, this is what all this list, right? This list right here, this is only the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot, there's a lot more. Okay. But these are some of the, the basic ones right here. Well, not basic like they're little, but these are these are the usual suspects right here. Narcissists will often bind a person. Okay, this is why people feel like they're obligated to have the narcissist relationship. They're obligated to him or her. Right here, this list will reflect that. This is why people often feel bad when they get ready to defend themselves against a narcissist when they get ready to perhaps go no contact right here. This is it, ladies and gentlemen, right here. This will bind a person. All of these things, the threats, the karmic loop, the bad luck energy, the pulling of telekinesis. You don't know if you're coming or going because your sense of time and reality has been altered. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to, I mean, it, it really, it binds a person. It's a very heavy energy. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, they may feed you a little bit of honey, but enough vinegar to make you think twice about making a move or doing something that's best for you. You're obligated. Remember, you have an imaginary contract to fulfill. The, the narcissist will remind you of that. So when it comes down to keeping secrets, the ultimate silent treatment is covert narcissism because they're emotionally blackmailing others, right? You and or others to keep their secrets. What is the secret? Well, actually they have several, but one of their darkest is that they are mistreating you in a narcissist relationship. Sometimes it's an open secret. How does that look? When they gaslight you and perhaps others into believing that you're the bad girl, you're the bad guy, and they're pulling shenanigans. Okay, a court narcissist loves the audience. Sometimes they will do these things in front of an audience and everybody goes along with this madness. Why? Because some people may not really understand and understand what's actually going on because they're being gaslit into believing something that's actually not true. Unfortunately, the narcissist can do this for a long period of time. It's sometimes it's kind of, it has kind of like a, a sleight of hand energy to it. And very often, uh, in order to keep control, the narcissist will do this in a wash, rinse, and repeat fashion. So reading the fine print is something that most people, you know, they're not going to even know to do because they don't know about the contract. So let me get into the curse language. Manipulation, deceit or lies, insults, cursing or using bad words, character assassination, smear campaigning, gossip, spreading rumors. I touched on some of this already, but 
when a narcissist is using the curse language, it's often to not only obtain source supply, I mean, overall, yes, contain, obtaining source supply, but to maintain control or obtain control, right? For fuel, sometimes for sport, they would do this. It's not just about using profanity, okay? Sometimes they use the word salad. They will sometimes use a particular tone of voice. They will repeat certain phrases. It's almost like they're putting a person under a spell, okay? Or hypnotizing him or her. This is part of the narcissist's cursed language. All right. <clears throat> now, uh, out of the four communication styles, narcissists often favor aggressive and passive aggressive. Okay. Unfortunately, an effective and effective aspect of the narcissist crazy making is how very clever and skillful he or she becomes with the use of their tone of voice, along with certain gestures, key phrases, and words applying, applying, Neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, and word salad are tactics that some narcissists will often use when communicating with others in order to possibly bait them for gaslighting. Okay, so um, the four communication styles, assertive, passive, aggressive, and passive-aggressive. Some of you already know about, a lot of us actually who have been in narcissist relationship, we know about this. Narcissists will have one or all of these communication styles, but they often will use this to maintain control. Okay. They use these things in order to get people to believe what they want them to believe. Okay. Now, narcissists often are very guarded. What are they often focused on? Control. All right. Control versus connection. Narcissistic pro personality often able to pervert people places and things that others might find sacred such as positive spiritual connections integrity honor word being a bond etc okay narcissists tend to take on a cynical stance when it comes to authentic connections with those who do not behave like they do so narcissists they tend to be very suspicious i mentioned this already of people especially people that don't behave like they do okay they 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 kind of look at people sideways they are they always you know it's almost like they they're looking for the other shoe to drop if you are nice to him or her, for instance, they often turn up on being uh, cruel to you because they think that you're taking something out of their playbook. And that is using nice to manipulate. Narcissists often do this. So when you're being nice to him or her, right? When actually you're perhaps you're just showing kindness, right? But they often have a cynical stance. Okay, they, they often look at you suspiciously. And they're looking at you sideways. Like, okay, why are you being so nice to me? Right? <laughs> so narcissists, they look at that as a form of manipulation or your attempts to manipulate him or her. Narcissists, they're often about the control, not the connection. All right? They don't value deep, meaningful connections. Narcissists often like to, they seem to like, um, they often seem to like a sense of, it's almost like they have a sense of, they, they want to pervert 
anything that you find sacred. This is why some people who have pets, they have testified that narcissists have threatened to harm their pets. Anything that you may find sacred, any person that you may find sacred, narcissists, they often like the thought of perverting it. They often think that they can pervert it. I mean, perhaps they can, but they had need the permission or the cooperation of other people to do it. This again, terms of an imaginary contract. They expect you to allow them or sit back and permit them to, call, to wreak all types of havoc in your life. If you find something sacred or, or some place sacred, they like to come on in and, and dismantle. The place that you may find sacred is church, okay? Or some other place that you, you may have a Zen, um, a place for Zen, right? <laughs> or a Zen uh, garden or something like that. Anywhere that you, any place that you may find sacred, okay? The narcissists, they often like to pervert that. They often like to mess it up for you, in other words. And they expect you to be available for that. They expect you to not protest. That's a part of the obligation that they hold you to. That's part of the terms of the contract or the imaginary contract. Okay, so any place, any person, place, or thing that you may find sacred, narcissists often, they seem to like to uh, relish that, okay? They like the thought of, yeah, they can just mess that up, right? Integrity, honor, your word being bond. Okay, that's very, to me, that's very ironic how narcissists, they will, for instance, they will chronically, um, or they are chronically uh, lying, right? or they are being deceptive and their word is not bond, but yet they hold you to that obligation. Very ironic. You better not lie, but they will lie to you and they, they will justify it. See, so word is bond, right? To a narcissist, that's funny. That's amusing. They find no value in that. They even call people foolish, right? Perhaps they look at people as being foolish for saying, well, word is bond, right? Your word is bond. Your word is true. Because for a narcissist, that's not the case. They, they have no problem being sometimes chronically telling um, uh, fibs or lies, even white lies or whatever, right? They, they, find, they don't find a problem with that. But someone else, they find out somebody else lied to them. Oh, it, they would never hear the end of it. Integrity, honor, spiritual connections. Narcissists, they often don't have a lot of value, find value in these things. Okay? So uh, it's very ironic the things that narcissists hold people to, but they don't practice what they preach. They don't hold the same value and principles, yet they expect people to fulfill those in the imaginary contract. Very interesting. All right. Control versus connection. Narcissistic personality will more than likely value control rather than connection and are under the delusion that terms of a contractual obligation does not apply to him or her. This is usually the reason behind their treat, their tending to be messy on their end of the bargain or contractual obligation with others. Okay, I did mention that earlier, but narcissists, they tend to be messy on their end of the contract, on their end of the bargain. They usually don't hold up their end. 
Okay, but it, they're kind of messy about it, right? Sometimes very messy to the point where people often feel that they've been cheated, right? They have been uh, played, they've been had. But if you do that, right? If another person does that, the narcissist will never forgive or they don't seem to forgive. They, they tend to hold grudges for a long time. Even if they perceive the slight, that actually didn't take place. It, so this is why it's very difficult to have a relationship with narcissists or those who have a narcissist personality because you, it's almost like you damn if you do, if you damn if you don't, right? It's just, it's, you can't win, right? So the imaginary contract in the terms of it or the fine print or the clause, right? People often can get set up from not knowing about it, right? The narcissist will, of course, not tell them that they have this imaginary contract because it's something the narcissist creates, right? It's a secret. It's a secret. That's one of their dark secrets. They often create in secret these imaginary contracts and they hold people to it, right? And when people don't fulfill those or they don't, <laughs> you know, it's, you really, it's hard to even call it a bargain, really. It's not even really fair to call it a bargain because a bargain means that people have to come to an agreement, right? But narcissists, because they are deceptive in their ways, they tend to be quite serpentine in their ways. People don't really know what they're getting into, yet it's a contract. And now the narcissist is like, well, no, you agreed to this and that, right? <laughs> they may try to gaslight people into believing that they actually agreed to it. But when they are under emotional duress, right? Or they're under duress of some sort, the narcissist will still say, nope, that's fair. You agreed, right? Third party situations, for instance, narcissists are doing underhanded things to try to gain at other people's expenses. They're not playing fair, they're playing dirty, yet they will still expect people in the third party situation to fulfill their end of the contractual obligation. It's wild. I mean, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy making, but this is often what a lot of people end up experiencing in a narcissist relationship. Okay, herd and hive, herd and hive mentality as an escape from responsibilities. Whose responsibilities? The narcissist's responsibilities. Their end of the bargain, right? Narcissistic personality types are found to have a hive or, or a herd mentality rather than possessing real leadership, okay? They often lack real leadership. Narcissists often wish to conceal instead of embrace individuality. Their false self ranges from martyr, saint, to one who is victim. If they are not creating victims, they just might create a false narrative that they are victim to misfortune. Very ironic. Narcissists often create victims as well as, because of that, end up experiencing misfortune. They often don't correlate or connect the two. A narcissist doesn't have the mentality to do so at the risk of sounding like I'm putting somebody down, but just think about it. Narcissists often don't have the mentality to make the connection when it comes to this. 
They often see themselves as victim, but they fail to see how they have created victims in a circumstance or in a situation. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Because narcissists, they often don't connect that. It's like, okay, they create, like in a third-party situation, right? They create this, they create the situation, right? They're trying to gain at other people's expenses. Yet they will sit back and say that they are a victim of misfortune in that circumstance or in that situation. How are they unfortunate? How are they victim when things go haywire, right? In a third party situation, which eventually it does, the drama is going to be there. The karma is perhaps going to come. Okay. But the narcissist will sit back and say, oh no, I'm a victim of circumstance. I'm a victim here. So they're experiencing a misfortune, but they don't see their hand in it. Okay, so uh, these false self images, they range from martyr, saint to victim. The, the biggest one to me is the victim. Now, sometimes they will try to come off like a martyr. Covert narcissists often try to come off like the martyr and saint, right? They want everybody to think that they're, uh, you know, good people and, and, you know, perhaps they have their, their moments, but covert narcissists are very sneaky like that. Okay. They're trying to come off to the world like they are, you know, just <laughs> the cherry on top, right? When behind closed doors, that's just not the case. Uh, narcissists often wish to conceal instead of embrace individuality. In other words, they want People, perhaps narcissists, sometimes they want people to believe that they are uh, dressed right dress. They have morals. They have, um, you know, they're real leaders, but actually they end up being followers. This is why the herd and hive mentality is often what narcissists have. It's a black and white mentality too. Okay. It's an all or nothing, nothing mentality. Narcissists are often not real leaders. Unfortunately, they have the role of leader but they don't fulfill their end of the bargain or the uh, obligation or the contract. They don't fulfill that part, but they have that role, okay, as leader, but they may end up not fulfilling it. They may fall short. They may let a lot of people down, okay? Um, but narcissist personality types are found to have a hive or herd mentality rather than possessing real leadership. Okay. Sometimes they like to try to fake the funk, right? Uh, but what's that saying? You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Signs of herd and hive mentality does not make own decision decisions. <clears throat> Group think, let me get me a squig of water. Hmm. All right. Isolated groups uh, disregards self to please groups at all costs. Punishment for displaying individuality, primordial conflict versus group preservation or interest, fear of change while comfortable with conditions, sharing collective points of views, sharing collective point of views, enmeshment. You know, this can go right into inappropriate attachments. So does not make own decisions. Narcissists often will go with the crowd, go along to get along, even if that crowd may show 
uh, that they lack morale. Okay. Um, for instance, uh, you can, I don't want to get ahead. Let me, let me move on. Okay. Uh, that was going to say something else, but I'll make that point later. Group think. Okay. Again, it is just, again, being a part of the group instead of choosing to sometimes celebrate or embrace their own individuality, even when they're alone, they still are on the group group think they don't think for themselves, isolated groups, meaning groups that don't care to perhaps, um, um, connect with other groups for the good of all. Okay. Uh, disregard self to please group at all costs, meaning that they, they will totally, um, they will please the group and end up losing in the end. Narcissists are often delusional. They don't see that part. They often don't think about the cost of obtaining or maintaining source supply. They are too busy salivating over the rewards. Say they, they disregard self in order to please the group. Punishment for displaying individuality. Narcissists often like the carbon copy. If they see anybody that's different in the group, they often will bully him or her. They will often go ahead and single them out. Uh, maybe taunt them, emotionally blackmailing them, perhaps if they, you know, if they think that's what's going to help to get them in line. Primordial conflict versus group preservation or interest. Now, uh, some narcissists, they may have that moment, primordial conflict, meaning they may have an internal conflict versus what they know the group wants, right? In order to maintain the group, what's good for the group you know, take one for the, for the team, that kind of thing. Right. Narcissists, sometimes they may have this internal conflict, meaning they may know something is right, but they do the wrong thing anyway to please or to preserve the group taking one for the team. But in actuality, it may turn out to be a dark victory for the narcissist. Okay. Fear of change while comfortable with conditions. Okay. They, you know, a lot of us know that narcissists fear change. I mean, a lot of people don't like change anyway, but we're talking about narcissists. So they fear change, but they're very comfortable with the conditions that may often be very dire, may not be very good conditions at all, but they're comfortable in it. Okay. So some people who have, who are in narcissist relationships, for instance, they may be comfortable with the conditions Okay. They may, they, they may feel like that they're helpless in the situation, but when it pertains to a narcissist, this may be a little bit deeper. Okay. In order to make sure change doesn't happen because they fear it, they will buckle down and be wrong about something. For example, they will buckle down and go ahead and suffer in certain ways. For instance, they may go down if they're going to try to take somebody else down. A narcissist may say, I'll go down as long as I take them with me. So instead of changing for the better or doing something better, right? Or being a catalyst of a much needed change, narcissists will fear change and they will often go down with somebody else in order to, in other words, in order to take somebody down, a narcissist sometimes will be willing to go down. They may go into ruin 
right? As long as they know they get that other person, right? If they can ruin that other person, see, this is a terrible condition the narcissist may end up in. But as long as they get that one person that they have vow revenge, oh man, that's sweet. They're not going to change. They're not going to grow. They remain under arrested development. They lack foresight. They won't learn from a mistake they've made. Narcissists don't think they make mistakes, right? So sharing collective points of views. Narcissists often, it, it, that goes into the group thing. Narcissists will often look at what the group believes in and they will embrace that wholeheartedly without question. They don't research. They don't, they're not open to learning. They just, it's like blind faith, right? <laughs> okay. It's okay to have, you know, faith sometimes, but when it's blind faith, especially if it's something that's very faulty and not very sure or, or not very stable, put it like that, that may be a, a risk that, that it may cost the person later. So sharing collective points of views without actually question, questioning or uh, finding out if it's something that's maybe good for the, for all or, or not. It's, it's about the group, right? The group could be um, perhaps a group that lacks morale, right? Enmeshment. This is where your soul ties come in. Your trauma bonds come in. Okay. Enmeshment, not having a strong sense of self, having an identity crisis and usually looking at self through the eyes of a narcissist. Now, narcissists, they may look at themselves through the eyes of who? The group, the group that they are uh, perhaps uh, showing some loyalty to, but the narcissist is not going to have more loyalty um, for anyone or anything than the false self. But see the false self, ironically, is exalted in these groups. So the herd and hive mentality is something that the narcissist, that this will work for them, right? Because they're in a group that's, that thinks like they do. So in a group, and I don't care what kind of group it is, it could be a family, it can be their career, it can be a, a business, it can be friends or whatever group, it can be religion, it can be spiritual, I don't care what kind of group it is, uh, pick one, pick them all. But whatever group a narcissist identifies with and joins him or herself to, best believe their herd and or hive mentality will be exalted. Okay. All right. So let's move on. Okay. Dark personality types such as narcissistic personality often size others up sizes others up to take from rather than an interest to enhance. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Okay. Dark person. I'm going to start over. Dark personality types such as narcissistic personality often sizes others up to take from rather than an interest, rather than having an interest in enhancing or contributing to the lives of others. By having a herd or hive mentality, narcissists join others of like mind, like mindedness, right? Functioning as one person in order to carry out diabolical acts, engage in manipulative tactics and pull shenanigans all to obtain source supply. Uh, I kind of touched on that already. Narcissists who are a part of a group, I don't care what group it is. I don't care what kind of group it is. Uh, they often will find groups that also have a herd and hive mentality, whereas they can be exalted. 
or the way their behavior, their narcissistic behavior can be exalted. It could be celebrated. It is um, welcomed. It is encouraged. It is um, celebrated. Okay, so by having a herd or a hive mentality, narcissists often will join others of like-mindedness. Okay, and they will come together and they will function as one. For example, um, okay, trigger alert here. Disclaimer, okay, the Travis Scott festival, okay, that was horrendous, right? Just again, just an example. The some of the people in that at the festival, they have gone to events that Travis Scott had before, some of the concerts that he had before, and they would do something called rage, right? And if you have seen any of the clips of the concerts that Travis Scott had before, and you look out into the audience, you will see audience members having like a herd or a hive mentality because they're all moving as one. They have one mind. They're raging. Everybody is coming together to agree contractual obligation, contracts, right? They're coming together to agree to rage. So they're all moving together. If you if you take if you look at some of those clips, you could see the crowd of people almost moving as one person. They're moving together. It's almost like an energy, right? It, where actually it is. And they're all connected. They all are, are of one mind and they're moving together. They may even speak the same language. It's like one person. It's, some people may say it's a little freaky and a little eerie to witness that. But just, you know, if you look at that, you know, some of the concerts that Travis Scott had, you know, if you just look at it, you know, you can see a lot of those people are coming together. Not everyone, but some of those people at the conscious, they're coming together and it's like everybody's moving in, as one. They're coming together. They agree to rage. Okay. That's just an example. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so it can serve uh, good and bad. For instance, um, a marriage, right? Two people come together and they agree. They're coming together. They're mutually agreed to come together in holy matrimony, right? So that herd and hive mentality can be served. That's a, that's a good thing, right? Some people will look at that as a good thing because two people can come together and get married and their intention or the contract, the term of the contract could be that they are enhancing the life of, a, of the other. They, of course, they are responsible for themselves, but here are two people coming together to agree to enhance the life of another. They may have children, for instance, and of course, they're going to enhance the life of the children. This can be served, this can, the hive mentality here can serve good, not bad. The herd mentality can serve good, not bad. When people come together and agree to enhance each other's lives, they may think as one, right? But it's for the good of all. Just really want to point that out. But when there's a narcissist, they often don't think this way. Tool number one, take steps to become more aware of where and who you are now. 
Don't allow your narcissist to bring you to shame over their poor choices of yesteryear. And many narcissists like to keep you in the past and they want to remind you of the bad things you did, right? They don't look at maybe some of the good things you did. Okay, so try to take these steps here to be aware of where you are right now and who you are right now. Keep it in the now. Okay, so don't allow the narcissist to bring you to shame because they will promote, they will uh, project their shame onto you. As I was stating earlier, they will have the guilt, the shame. They're projecting that onto others, but they expect others to fulfill their part of the contract by taking that. Those are the terms of the contract to take all the BS and don't protest, right? So don't allow your narcissist to bring you to shame over prior choice or over their poor choices, right? Of yesteryear. They made a lot of mistakes. They made some poor choices, perhaps concerning you. Okay, more than likely they did, but they're not holding themselves accountable. They won't even talk to you about it, right? They don't want you to bring it up. That's part of the imaginary contract. Don't talk about it. Don't, you know, don't, don't, uh, they may say something like, they may actually say this. They may say, don't um, bring up my stuff without bringing up your stuff or something like that, right? So they don't want you to challenge them. Narcissists like to remain under arrested development. They don't want to face a lot of their unresolved issues. And if you point them out, right, then they're ready to, to perhaps, you know, have the rage tactics or use rage tactics to get you back in line. Tool number two, accept that you're outgrowing narcissistic relationships, Contracts of yesteryear are null and void due to broken promises, deceit, and discard. Narcissists, they will often idealize, devalue, and then discard. Guess what? That frees you right there. But if you believe the imaginary or the terms of an imaginary contract, then you may feel guilty. The narcissist threw the first punch. Yet you feel guilty. You see how that works? Narcissists often will throw the first punch. So when they pull shenanigans, okay, remember the contracts of yesteryear are null and void. It doesn't, it, it just doesn't exist. It's fair. Narcissists who break the bond, they break the contract, right? That frees the other person from having to fulfill their part of the bargain. Now, in the case of children, it's a little bit more delicate than that. Put the children first is what I say, right? Right? So uh, you have to accept, well, you don't have to, but I want to encourage you to accept that you're outgrowing the narcissistic relationship. Narcissists will often have you believe that you are still obligated to an imaginary contract to fulfill the terms of an imaginary contract. Yet they broke the promises. Yet they have deceived. Yet they have discarded. They have ghosted. You know, they've ghosted. They're discarding. Yet they want you to continue to be available. How about that? Crazy, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the contract becomes null and void once the narcissist ventures out for new supply. Once they have, break they have broken uh, promises, they have deceived, they have discarded. Because when they join somebody else, that's a new contract. Narcissists often have all these contracts that they don't fulfill. No wonder they're paranoid sometimes, looking over their shoulders. They think they're victims. 
everybody's after them, all this, because they have pulled a lot of shenanigans. There may be plenty of people who want their head on the platter, so to speak. Next tool, <laughs> remember that your life has purpose. You have a story and you're now experiencing your journey of life. Try not to be so afraid to start a new chapter, okay? Narcissists often want you to what? Supply them. Of course, they don't want you to start a new chapter. Even though they may venture out for a new source supply. Again, the reality is that you're free now. <laughs> you're not obligated to fulfill an imaginary contract. But very often, uh, narcissists don't want the other person to know that or the other individuals that are source supplying them or used to source supply them to know this, to find this out. Your life does have purpose. You have a story and you're now experiencing your journey called life. Okay, so try not to be afraid to start a new chapter. Try not to have that lots wife syndrome where you're looking over your shoulders. You're looking at something that's long gone is, is actually before your eyes is, is being dismantled for good. Okay. For good, for your good, perhaps. Right. So try not to, you know, have that lots wife syndrome, just looking in the past and not getting anywhere or feeling stuck and stagnant. That's where the narcissist wants you. Okay. They will love that. You, you're not moving ahead. You're not doing anything much okay, in life that makes you happy. You may be doing some things, but is it making you happy? See, the narcissist wants you to continue to look in your past and stay stagnant and stuck. So when they, if they choose to hoover you back in, they're going to look for you where they perhaps left you, stuck in the sunken place, picking up the pieces, still obligated to fulfill an imaginary contract or the terms of an imaginary contract. Okay, critical question. What is the purpose of the narcissistic relationship or relationships? Okay, what is the purpose? I've answered this question, okay, quite a while ago. And I want to encourage you, okay, to answer that question. Because once you answer that question, what it will do is it will help you to clarify certain things. Okay, what is it going to help you to clarify? How you tend to do relationships. Okay, so, you know, when I answered that question for myself, it helped me to realize how I do relationships or how I tend to relate. And it starts with the self. Okay, so I had to figure out what was familiar to me. Okay, we tend to gravitate towards what's familiar. So what was familiar to me? being let down, being put down by certain people, okay? So once I realized that that was familiar to me, then I was able to interrupt that pattern, that behavior pattern, okay? I couldn't change anybody else, right? But for myself, I could interrupt that behavior pattern. So things got a lot better for me. Okay, so I wanna encourage you to answer that critical question. I think it's very profound because it's going to help you to see certain things, you know, on your end. You can't change the narcissist. The narcissist, they don't think they make mistakes anyway, right? But don't waste your time, energy, and resources trying to change someone who doesn't think they need to change. Somebody who actually, they don't, 
Okay, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Somebody who doesn't help you to enhance your life. Okay, I'm going to put it nicely. They're not helping you do that. They're coming along to bring drama and perhaps the karma. Don't share in their karma. Okay, so I just want to encourage you guys to uh, make sure that you don't forget your life has purpose. Okay, so you have a story. You can even write the epilogue to your story. Okay, you don't have to listen to what the narcissist is saying. They want you to look at yourself through their eyes. Try to look at yourself through your own eyes for a change. Okay, perhaps you're the catalyst of a much needed change. So I want to challenge you to start making choices that bring about change. Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm still doing the daily meal vlog, healthy meals. I, you know, sometimes I still go ahead and I write down, you know, what I eat and how I feel afterwards. I've done a few videos with some, you know, healthy meal ideas. I'm going to do a little bit more, but I know some people, you know, they, they like to eat what they eat. Okay. <laughs> and that's cool. But okay. Until next time, you guys take very good care of yourself. And remember, check the description box below if I didn't mention it for those links to these slide presentations. And until next time, stay tuned for more videos, vlogs, and podcasts, as well as live streams. All right, guys, take care.